Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show, where we're talking with successful business owners to learn of their story of the journey to building their business. And because we know that achieving success in business is not something we can do on our own, we recognize the folks who have been there along our journey and helped us to excel. Today, I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us. My guest uh, had only been to Fort Wayne twice prior to moving there, and both times that he went there it was for an REO Speedwagon and Sticks concerts. He enjoys taking his kids swimming, uh, grilling steak, and watching Purdue sports. And he's most proud of how his company navigated COVID and actually grew through it. It's my pleasure to welcome John to the show today. Hello, John. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Hey, well, let's start with having you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born, uh, where you are now. Tell us about your family and some of your hobbies. Sure thing. So my name is John Zarcy. I am originally from Alexandria, Indiana, which is um, close to Anderson, a little north of Indianapolis. So I grew up there uh, with a great family. I graduated high school in 2003 and went on to Purdue University. So um, did well there, graduated in four years, quickly found out I was not going to be an engineer or a management <laughs> student there. So um, I went into organizational leadership and supervision and uh, then graduated and um, I stayed there on campus actually for a few years, ran a screen printing company, and then actually met my wife. Uh, she came in and was a client. So she came in and ordered shirts and sweatpants, and all this stuff for her organization. And she just kind of kept hanging out after that. So um, she took a job back in her hometown of Fort Wayne. And I had been there on campus for four years. Uh, after I graduated, so eight years total, and I decided to follow her back to Fort Wayne and, and took a job. So uh, we've been married now for eight years and have three great kids, Elizabeth, Thomas, and Olivia. So they're all under six years old. Um, so it's a little crazy at home. <laughs> and, uh, and then I've been an entrepreneur now since 2013 area. So um, I own specialized printed products here in Fort Wayne, and we've got a great facility here and 15 team members, and we specialize in digital paper printing. So we do a lot of direct mail, variable data printing, wide format printing, such as like indoor signage, um, uh, corrugate yard signs, vinyl banners. Um, and then uh, let's see, we also own Broadway Press in Anderson, Indiana. So we have two locations now and a couple great team members down there. So um, yeah, a lot has changed in the last seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years of my life. And uh, I'm proud to share a little bit of that today. Yeah, sounds very exciting. So what do you like to do for fun? I, I try to be a, a jack of all trades. Um, so I love to water ski. I love to snow ski. I play guitar. I love to golf. But for the most part, my life revolves around uh, my three kids right now, where it's just a lot of what we do is fun for them. So um, they're into anything and everything. So um, coaching T-ball right now for my four-year-old son, which is just <laughs> 13 four-year-olds, if you can imagine, uh, trying to organize them. But it's, my life revolves around them having fun at this point. Fantastic. So... 
John, tell us, is there a funny story that your family likes to share about you that you'd be willing to share with us? Well, so as I mentioned, my kids are all really little, so uh, their humor is, it's interesting. So their favorite things are when I do, like I'm a little dramatic sometimes. So like we'll be playing baseball in the backyard or something and I'll say like, they they always tell this story. So I'll get up and I'll step up and I'll be like, I'm going to hit this one over the neighbor's house. And then I'll swing as hard as I can, but like whiff the ball or barely nip it. And I mean, they just all go berserk. <laughs> and I mean, they're, they all just point and laugh. So we'll be going, you know, we'll go anywhere, uh, grandparents house or church or something like that. And they'll like, I'll just hear my four-year-old or, you know, one of my kids, telling just random people dad dad tried to hit the ball and he just missed it he thought it was going to go over the neighbor's house so um that's that's kind of like the stories that we tell right now awesome. so it's i don't know if it's really that funny but it's just kind of funny that they think it's funny I think. yes yes <laughs> that's cute <laughs> so john tell us how the business came about and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business so that probably happened in a few steps. Um, I'll give you a little bit of background. So I said I own a company in Anderson, Indiana called Broadway Press. So that was actually my father's company that I ended up buying off of him in 2018. So I grew up working for him in that business. So middle school, uh, summers, you know, I was in there working, uh, same with high school. And then when I'd come back from college. So like, I always had kind of a I, I, I got to see, I got to learn from him. You know, I had firsthand experience of what it takes to run a small business. So uh, that was one step that was really important. And then, as I mentioned, after I got out of Purdue, I had just a great opportunity to open a screen printing store for another company. And they were just, they were young, uh, technology driven. And uh, what they were doing is they had a big production plant up in Ann Arbor. And then they had screen printing satellite stores all throughout the Midwest. And so I got to open one of those from scratch oh, wow. and kind of like, you know, do everything, like build out the store, sit there and just facilitate sales and just learn all about being an entrepreneur. And I got the ability to do that with uh, somebody else's money, yes, which fantastic. is like a no risk situation. So it worked out really well. Um, so then, you know, I got a, obviously I said, I met my wife and, and followed her back to Fort Wayne. And at that time, I kind of just took the first job that I could get, moved to Fort Wayne. It was with a paper printing company. And I thought it was going to kind of be like the screen printing company that I worked for prior to that. But it was just a very different beast where mm -hmm. they weren't technology driven. It wasn't sales driven and things were just very slow. Um, and so I was there for just a little, maybe like six months bef before I'm, a, I'm the type of guy where I'm like all in on everything that I do. Yeah. And I was there for about six months and it took about that long before I wasn't all in. And I think uh, even though I brought in some good accounts at the time, uh, I think my bosses also saw that I wasn't all in and inevitably how a lot of entrepreneurs get their start. I was relieved of my position as a salesman. Mm. And, you know, I, I took that as, just an opportunity. And I said, you know what? I'm 26 years old at the time. And I said, I've got very few responsibilities and I'm going to go for this and I'm going to try to make it happen. And so that, at that point, I was just kind of forced into entrepreneurship. I knew that I didn't want to really, I wanted to be the one that made, made the decisions. And uh, so I, I started my first company, which 
Um, it's called Easy Print Indiana. And I started brokering print. My dad did the printing and I basically took the model from the screen printing company yeah. that I was at prior. And I was a satellite office. My dad was a production facility. And we, I grew a business in Fort Wayne to the point that it validated purchasing another company, which is now specialized printed products. So it's a little bit of a roundabout way how I got there, but it's, uh, it's just a, a fun story that I, I like to share. Yeah, fantastic. I appreciate you sharing. What a, what a, a fun turn of events to, to get you to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we've just been uh, very blessed. We, we just moved into a new facility and a really nice big building. And um, I'm, I'm just really excited about the direction everything's going. Good for you. So, um, John, share us a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, maybe even when you didn't think you could, and the impact that that person had on you. So I've got a friend who... Um, I actually met him through our church and his name, his name's Mike. He owns a couple different businesses in Fort Wayne and uh, he's just invested in a lot of different things. But when I, I kind of brought him this idea of trying to go purchase another company and um, he, he had my back and he completely was just like, man, you got to get out there and swing the bat in order to be successful. You got to be aggressive sometimes and I'm the type of person that I, I believe that you can get into the baseball hall of fame by hitting singles all day long. And I, you know, there's nothing wrong with just racking up a lot of small, consistent wins and the, you know, positive steps in the right direction. Um, Mike likes to swing for the fence occasionally. And he is a guy that really got me out of my shell a little bit <laughs> and gave me the confidence to be able to do what we've done what we've done here today. So without Mike's push, uh, sometimes pull or shove, however you want to put it, I, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in today. That's awesome. What's Mike's last name? So Mike Zuber. Zuber. Fantastic. Yep. Cool. So John, what about, um, your biggest learning as a business owner? What would you say that is? So the biggest learning is probably that my role is just always changing. <laughs> so, um, in, in 2017, when I first bought specialized printed products, like my, my goal was just to make it survive, right? And so now we're, what, five years into this and my role has just consistently changed. So like at the very beginning, I was that person working 65, 70 hours a week, just pulling everything together, make sure we don't drop the ball on anything and uh, running different machines, running different departments, and um, like, I've learned a lot over the years that I, I need to delegate more. And that's pretty much the, the biggest thing that I'm trying to mention. So um, I learn where the bottlenecks are, and then I alleviate those bottlenecks by either adding team members to that position or uh, machinery that uh, is more efficient. Mm -hmm. So I do it in a lot of different ways. And I mean, that's, that's the entrepreneur's role, right? Is you figure out where you're most needed and you go to that spot. So that's been my learning is that I need to be a chameleon. I need to fit in. If I need to do sales one day, I have to do it. You know, if I need to be HR one day, that's what it is. If I 
am needed in production. That's where the bottleneck is. That's where I need to go. And I need to be able to do it all and continue to have a grasp on all the different aspects of the business. I, I like your, uh, your mention of delegating. I find, you know, a lot of business owners, you know, do the hustle and grind like you were talking about in the beginning, right? Working those long hours and the business, you know, starts to take off, right? Becomes successful. Uh, but oftentimes what will happen is after that growth spurt, right, they'll level out. And oftentimes the business owner doesn't know why. And it's, it's simply that the business can only grow to their capacity. Right? And if the business owner doesn't delegate, right, and, and offload stuff, then the business can't scale beyond the business owner's capacity. So thank you for sharing that because that's a, a huge um, insight that all business owners can benefit from realizing that they've got to let go of some stuff. Yeah. And I mean, like my biggest thing was alleviating burnout, which I know mm -hmm. is a really popular term, but I'm one of those guys that when I first started in 2017, just the emotion and energy and excitement for the business was enough to keep me working really long weeks. But once, once you get past that point where we're like, all right, this business is going to survive. Things are going well. Um, it's harder to work 70 hours a week at that yes. point, right? <laughs> and that's when burnout really sets in. So um, you have to grow, you have to become smarter and you have to, so my title of this company has always been president, but I feel like I've only been acting like a president maybe for the last year and a half to two years. And that's, okay. that's how I'm growing. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. We talk about burnout a lot and it, you, you tell the story better than I do is right. When we're, we're, in the first, you know, call it one to three years, it's easy to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week because of that adrenaline, right? We're excited about what we're building, but it's certainly not sustainable. And, you know, we all know the stats that 80% of businesses go out of business. And the number one reason for that is burnout because the, the, the owner just simply can't maintain that, that those long work hours. So congratulations on having that realization and, and putting the changes in place that are needed. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. So John, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about one of your biggest challenges uh, as a business owner and uh, maybe a, another fellow business owner who you know, came alongside you and helped you get through that challenge. So the biggest challenge that we've probably faced has, was um, we didn't really see it coming, which maybe I should have, but it has to do with COVID. Mm -hmm. So COVID has just put so many bottlenecks in our supply chain. Uh, mainly paper. I mean, we do a lot of digital paper printing sure. and our machines go through hundreds of thousands of sheets a month. <laughs> and so you think like I grew up in this industry prior to COVID, I could order as much paper as I wanted and it would show up the next day. Like it was, oh, wow. it would blow my mind if I wouldn't be able to get stuff, you know? Yeah. And now it's just a completely different beast where we have to spend hours searching for certain paper stock for clients that need things to be specific to their brand. Right. And it's turned into, for my general manager, Carrie here, and I, like, I help her a lot with this. It's turned into like almost a full-time job trying to track down our, our, what we need in order to print jobs. So that's been probably the toughest thing because it was something that we we didn't see, and it just happened prop about a year, a year, a little over a year ago. Sure. It was just this bottleneck just came and there wasn't any paper to buy. Yeah. And 
what's a printing company if it doesn't have any paper, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that, that was probably the biggest challenge that we faced. And uh, we've, we've worked through it and figured out how to deal with it. Matter of fact, when we moved into our new facility, we bought much larger pallet racking storage system, things like that. So we can keep a larger inventory. Yeah. So when we do have the opportunity to get paper, we can buy more of it. So we can do a little bit of forecasting. So we don't know when that bottleneck's going to alleviate hopefully soon, yeah. but it's, it's our biggest challenge and then a, a constant challenge. And then it, in addition to that, we also, um, you know, there's things that we don't have the capability to produce here, mm. but, you know, we source out to other, uh, other vendors. And during COVID, a lot of those vendors just quit answering the phone, mm. went out of business, uh, just, you know, people that we had relied on for years. And that's really difficult when somebody has been ordering something for us from us for, you know, in this case, specialized printer products has been around since 84. It's been ordering the same thing from us. And then all of a sudden we can't get it. And that makes, uh, that makes things a little bit harder. So those are a few things that we've really had to figure out how to be a little bit more proactive on. And um, we've, that's how I've grown as a business owner is I've, I've done some forecasting. So yeah. Um, what was the second part of the question? Um, was there somebody that uh, a fellow business owner, you know, somebody outside of the company that uh, helped you with some of that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I've got a good buddy, Christopher, who, um, he's not in the paper business, but he's, he's actually, he's a lifelong friend, but he's like walked with me through every phase. And my favorite, Christopher is brilliant, but he's also a great arguer. So he, he would, <laughs> you know, he will argue with me about every single as aspect of my business and make me prove to him why I'm taking this path or going this route. So um, a lot of my big decisions I always run by him. He's just kind of like a great, I would say like almost like a, a board of directors for me where it's just like, Hey, I've got this idea. I'll throw it to him. He'll chop it up. Tell me why it's a bad idea. I'll regurgitate, you know, I'll respond yeah. and say, Hey, this is why it's a good idea. And then he'll finally agree with me and then he'll play devil's advocate and, and uh, make me prove to him why, why it is or isn't. So it's good to have people like that in your corner. Well, for sure. What's his last name? Christopher Mormon. So he's down, down in Indianapolis awesome. and uh, consulting and doing various things. Yeah. That's it's, that's fantastic because it, it, it can be very lonely at the top. Right. And, you know, when we're an employee, we always have somebody above us that we can go to, to, to do exactly what you just explained, right. To bounce ideas off of, get some feedback, get some critical input. And we become a business owner. We generally lose that person that we can go to. And so it's great to hear that you've got a friend that you can have those types of conversations with, and they're not going to hold, hold back the punches, right. They give you the, the, the truth of what you need to hear. Maybe not what you want to hear. <laughs> yep. And I'm sure he'll watch this uh, at some point. And I will say he definitely does not hold back any punches when it, when it comes to um, helping me out. So Christopher, <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> Fantastic. So John, if, if I asked you to pick three people in your business owner journey that you're most grateful for being there for your business's growth, who are those three people and how'd they help you? So, I mean, the first one's easy. First and foremost, my dad, uh, he'd been in the printing industry for over 30 years, he had successfully done what I'm trying to do, you know, way before. And I got to watch him and learn from him. But the most, I mean, the best thing is just 
when, you know, when the, there's a lot of different jobs that flow through here that have a lot of different variabilities. And sometimes you don't know exactly what process to put first. And so I'll call my dad and he'll be like, oh no, you don't want to do it that way. That Have you thought about doing like this? It'll be much more efficient if you try it like this, you'll save paper, you'll yeah. save costs. And he's saved me from stubbing my toe a thousand times. So I'll just call <laughs> him and he'll have advice for me. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, that ultimate cheat code or the get out of jail free You're card right. is, is always in my back pocket. So uh, he has saved me a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of money. Awesome. So uh, it's always good to, good to have my dad in my corner. And what's dad's name? My dad, his name's Dick Zarcy. Awesome. Okay. And um, do you have a couple other people that come to mind? So um, let's see, a couple of other business owners. I mean, I already mentioned Mike Zuber, but he's obviously a really big influence and I could, I could talk a little bit more about that, but um, Mike's always pushing me to take it to the next level, to never be like, all right, we've, we've reached some success and things get a little bit comfortable. Now it's time to make it so it's uncomfortable again and, and, and reach the next plateau. So I appreciate Mike for that. And then I think the last one would be, uh, there's a guy that I actually bought specialized printed products from his name's, uh, he's actually uh, just became a doctor. So he's Dr. Mark Hagar and he, uh, he's got an interesting profession where he he buys businesses that are kind of struggling and then improves them and and sells them. So he had owned specialized printed products for, it, oh, I think, over a decade or so, maybe two. Sorry, Mark, if I don't know that, the history of my own company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he has been a huge influence. And every time I try to learn something from every person that I ever talk to. And Mark has just a lot of really valuable information that he can give to me. And, and one thing I remember that he taught me early on is he said, sales covers sin. Yeah, right. And that's a thing that has always just like implanted right in my brain where it's like, sometimes we don't have to be the most efficient. Sometimes, you know, we can mess up a job and then reprint it before it gets to the client. But if sales are continually coming in, you can afford to be a little messy sometimes. Yes. And because, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, you got to make profit and you got to pay your bills and you got to pay all your team members. So we try to run it as tight of a ship as possible, but mistakes are going to happen. Sure. And yeah. it's good to, um, it's good to have a big funnel of sales uh, coming in. So that's been one of my goals is just to always, I'm a sales guy at heart. And I think sales is kind of the gasoline that goes in the car. And um, I've, I've kind of learned from Mark that you want to keep the gas tank full. Yeah, I, I love that perspective because there's only so many cost savings initiatives that you can do. You can only make it uh, make the business so efficient before there's a diminishing return and it starts to impact you know, customer service. So if we keep filling the top of the funnel with more sales, then... Right, we've got more breathing room on those profit margins. So, John, as you think about the next three to five years, what are the biggest challenges you see in uh, achieving your goals, and who are the types of people that you're going to need in your corner to help you overcome those challenges? So, I think some of the challenges would be, I mean, consolidation of paper companies is a huge one. So, a lot of our suppliers are getting bought up by larger companies. So we actually just had 
So we have three or four main paper suppliers right now. The smallest one was just actually bought out by somebody else. And that, that makes me a little nervous because it's always good to have uh, a lot of different directions to go when you, when you need to buy paper. Um, so that makes me a little nervous that I, I'm not saying private equity is a bad thing, but a lot of those companies are coming in and buying up either the competition or our suppliers and things change after that happens. So uh, sometimes for the better and, and sometimes for the worse. So um, like with this paper company, we're hopeful that things will just improve and get better, but you, you never know. Sure. So um, that's one challenge that I see us facing. And then the other is just to continue to grow on the technology side of things. So um, I mentioned earlier, you know, in my introduction that we do a lot of variable data printing and a lot of people aren't familiar with that, but basically what that is, is clients provide us with like uh, a mailing template and then some raw data, like a Excel or a CSV file that has the client's name and address. And we just got into it about two and a half years ago, three years ago, where we have the capabilities to print unique pieces off every sheet of the press. So like, um, you know, if, if a bank comes to us and they say, hey, we've got information on Tim and John and Tim likes boats and John likes guitars and they want to sell each of us a loan, like they will, your, your postcard will say, hey, Tim, check out this boat where mine will say, hey, John, and they'll have a picture of a guitar. So all of it's done off of the same press, the same run, but it's just the technology side of it where we're, you know, I'm not exactly sure how my pre-press team does it, but we can swap <laughs> out PDFs. We can change colors of backgrounds. We can make your name big and beautiful. So it's not like, like uh, a traditional mail, mail merge, which you would see in a letter in the past where people are trying to get money and mine just says John at the top and yours says Tim, you know? Right. So the technology side of things, we just have to continue to grow because that kind of sets, that gives us a huge competitive advantage. So we're always trying to gain in knowledge and information because it's been said a million times, but knowledge is power and, and knowing how to do that just gives us a huge advantage over our competition. And that personalization is incredibly impactful, right? From the end user standpoint of reading something that is tailored to them, right? And versus something that's more generic. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Like when I get stuff in the mailbox at home, first of all, I always go through all of my mail, probably way more in depth than most <laughs> Right. <laughs> but like I'll pull stuff out and I'll be like, I'll go to my wife and I'll be like, babe, you got to look at this. This is an, the absolute best variable data marketing that I've ever seen. And I'll bring it in and I'll show it to my team. <laughs> how do we figure out how to do yeah. this? Like, you know, cause there's companies out there that are just phenomenal at it. We're, and we're getting to that point that we can about figure out anything, but it's just good to see examples of what our competition is doing, yeah. but also like recognize it and come in and show it to people and be excited about it. Yeah. Awesome. So John, um, Jim Rohn, one of my favorite authors says we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So when you think about that from a business standpoint, what are your thoughts? So from a business standpoint, like we have, like I spend a lot of time with the people under the roof that I'm currently at. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. We've got a great culture here right now. And so that's, makes me really excited because, you know, you are the average of the five people that you spend time with, but I've got a really happy go lucky, like just jolly group of people in here. So it's exciting. Um, I, 
I try to push us in one direction and, but the morale is just as great. So that makes me really happy to hear. And then um, just some of the influences that I've already mentioned in my, in my life um, are some of the main people I, I spend a lot of time with. And so I've got a lot of people kind of pushing me to the next level. And, and I try to be one of those people that also lifts people up to the next level. Fantastic. So uh, last question here, if there was something catastrophic that happened in the business, who's the first person you'd call and what would you want from them? Um, I mean, I would call my wife. <laughs> so uh, I always, I always ask her all the time. I say, babe, you still going to love me if, uh, if this goes <laughs> bad or, you know, when I'm getting ready, you know, like I said, we were blessed to be able to buy a building here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of times where that type of investment makes you really nervous. Right. Yeah. And so uh, I approached her a couple of times and just said, Hey, I think I'm making the right move. And a lot of people tell me I'm making the right move, but you're still going to love me if it's not the right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so um, my wife, Molly is, uh, you know, out of all these influences, she's the most important by far. And to have just a spouse in my corner, who's always there for me and, and um, not worried about, whether I succeed or fail and love me no matter what, like that's, that's the most important thing. So she would be my first call no matter what. That's awesome. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly of knowing we've got our spouse in our corner is, is huge. I had a similar you know, situation when I was buying uh, this franchise is I, I, you know, went back and forth. Should I do it? Shouldn't I should. Right. And, and uh, my wife's like, yes, you, of course you should. Right. You've wanted to own a, your own business forever. And I'm like, yeah, but how about, and what ifs? And, mm-hmm. and I didn't think that she understood my what ifs. And so I said, what if we can't afford the mortgage and we lose the house? And she's like, I make enough to get us an apartment. If that happens, who cares? Right. <laughs> at, least you, at least you'll know that you, you gave it your best shot. I was like, wow. Right. <laughs> and I've, I've pulled out that line with my wife as well. And uh, it's, it's so important to have somebody at home who supports you because it's, you know, you know it, I know it, but it's, it's a different life being an entrepreneur. Sometimes, you know, I work until midnight or one in the morning and then, you know, it's Saturday morning and I, I I have to have to still be up at eight with the kids and I'm tired and, you know, (laughs) I need a little extra attention. I said I was dramatic and I am dramatic. So, you know, like it's, it's great to have her in my corner. Who's just always there for me. That's awesome. So John, you've mentioned a, a number of people. It seems like you've been blessed with some incredible folks in your, in your business owner journey who have helped you along the way. If they were all here on the show today, what would you want to say to them? I just want to, I mean, I, I want to give them my heartfelt thanks. So uh, I've told all those people uh, for the most part that I do love and appreciate uh, just all their guidance along the way. And, um, they've been an impact on helping me get to where I am. And, uh, I just want them to know, I appreciate it. I'm always there for them as well, if they need it. Fantastic. Well, John, it's been a absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thanks again for being on the show. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Wonderful. To those who tuned in, thanks for listening to the self-made is a myth show with your host, coach, Tim Campbell. Be sure to help us spread this movement by liking the show and posting about it on social media. And to join our movement, go to bemadtogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward, and I'll see you all next time. Take care. Thanks, Tim.